0: wrestling experience with Martin Oli and Beno Welcome to episode 18 of the British Wrestling Experience on PostWrestling.com. I'm your host, Martin Bushby, and joining me are Ollie Court and Richard Benson, aka Benno. And Ollie, you were, you were away last time around. Uh, get up 20th night. Nice. You went away for the weekend, didn't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I went to uh, watch a play, in fact. Um, instead of going to see Tomohiro Rishi, Uh I went to sit, go see uh, Macbeth, which was very fun, um, up in Stratford. Wow. And then. Went down to Wales for a bit, hung out, had some cats on my lap. Good fun. Uh, <laughs> Very cool. kinda of wrestling related. <laughs> and um since then it's been catching up on stuff. Obviously Wrestle Rama was uh somewhere near the top of my list, which we'll be talking about in a minute.
0: Well I mean it'd be a remiss of me not to talk about uh one of the biggest indie shows to happen in a long while. Uh did both of you guys catch all in? I know you did, Ben and What were your overall uh, thoughts of uh of one of the biggest indie shows
2: that's happened in a long time? can't believe it was a real thing that happened still. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, I stayed up live to watch it and kind of, they kept my attention the whole way through, which you can't always say about uh, late night WWE pay-per-views these days. But yeah, just what an achievement. So it's just the fact that you can have a show that had uh, Cody Rhodes versus Nick Aldis on it. And I'm kind of standing in my living room, jumping up and down for a match with Magnus in it. That's how important <laughs> they made it. Um, yeah, incredible. Just and, and an awesome card as well with great matches too. Shame there weren't a couple more British guys on there. Uh, but yeah, uh, they really delivered, and it made me excited about the prospect of a of an all into. Did you uh, manage to catch it, Ollie?
1: I have not seen it yet, no. So I can't really comment on the matches. But yeah, certainly a, an achievement um, to be proud of for those guys. Um, having that crazy atmosphere, that crazy environment in such a big building for something non WWE related in America is a uh, something we haven't seen in a long time. So. You know, spirit of independence runs high in them, in their blood.
0: Well, um, something that um, I've only managed to match you, uh, I've been so busy this week, I've managed to watch a couple of matches. And someone who got the biggest pop on the, on the card was uh, Marty Skill. And I know he's uh, big in America, but and then he was obviously on the poster for the uh, MSG show they're running next year. And Benno, it seems Marty's like, you know, one of the biggest indie names out there at the minute, doesn't it?
2: Mm hmm. It's kind of the the benefit of being on the Young Bucks YouTube show, isn't it? Being on being <laughs> the elite. Just when he first started on that show, and he was just like kind of a. I think yeah, yeah. Obviously, he had his Ring of Honor contract, but like, yeah, the difference between then and him being a bit star and now being, he is just he was really over in that building and yeah he's one of the bigger indie stars out there it's kind of crazy he's kind of he's turned it he just relies on his shtick now really doesn't he a lot mm. this on all in he tried to do an okada match and it went long which was the big problem with the pay-per-view altogether. so he's been and pardon the pun a bit of a villain since the time because uh, yeah they had to cut time off the main event because he went so long trying to prove he can still do a serious wrestler match but he had all his catchphrases and the the whole villain character is just unbelievably over with that crowd so yeah what a rebranding since the days he was Party Marty.
0: Well, it's crazy that he's. Uh, I don't. I can't even remember the last time he appeared on a UK show. I remember he had that uh, great match with uh, Rey Mysterio at uh, Red Pro the other year, and then obviously um, he stopped appearing for Progress because of the whole Ring of Honor thing. But yeah, I can't even remember the last time he appeared in the UK. Can you, Ollie?
1: I, I think. Uh... He's buttering his bread where uh, <laughs> the paycheck <laughs> will <laughs> be the highest um, and more power to him. He's played his cards exceptionally well. But yeah, unlike Osprey and Zack Sabre Jr., who've been making almost surprisingly regular appearances, mm. more regular than I think we would have expected this time last year. It seems Skill has flown away, um, flapping his wings uh, <laughs> more towards America and obviously Japan with New Japan.
0: Well, it'll be interesting to see if uh, anyone brings him back in the near future. But anyway, moving back uh, to what we're to talk about. Uh, normally, we start off with uh, a British promotion, but uh, this week we're starting off with uh, an Irish promotion, jumping across the pond to our friends in Ireland with a <laughs> over-the-top WrestleRama 2. And I mean, it's been a couple of shows since we last talked about OTT, but uh, they're back with a bang. I mean, held on the 18th of August at the Arena on Sir Road in Dublin, uh, this card was headlined by Walter defeating the OTT champion Jordan Devlin in. I mean, for me, this was the match of the summer. We had an excellent video package to build a match-up, electric crowd, great David v. Goliath match, and a, and a really, really shocking result. I mean, I thought this was a an all-out all excellent match here, Ollie.
1: Yeah, that's what made it really special was the presentation and obviously the crowd being so, so up for it. And it shows what a good job they've done with Jordan Devlin in OTT that the Irish fans have embraced him as their ace, as their top guy and as the defender of the home turf. And it it was such a great dynamic. Everyone was going crazy for Devlin. Everyone was going crazy for Walter as well. He wasn't like... I guess he was the heel in a traditional sense, but it was more just sort of fear and respect heel Mm. rather than (laughs) any sort of hatred towards him. So that created a great atmosphere. Obviously the video package was one of the best we've ever seen (laughs) Mm. um, in Europe uh, in recent times, uh, obviously comparing it to Frank Bruno versus Mike Tyson, which was very cleverly done. And again, building Walter up as an absolute monster (laughs) comparing him to Mike Tyson was a stroke of genius and to be honest a lot of a match just kind of washes over you like obviously it was really intriguing to watch but it was more just that that fight feeling like but it was just <laughs> like i can't even analyze it as like a traditional wrestling match because it was just everyone going crazy um sarah from sarah and sarah screaming her lungs out at the match <laughs> throat, which was hilarious um and yeah just (laughs) the general aura of the match made it special it wasn't even the match itself even though that was very good too i just i can't pick out a specific moment other than just walter clobbering devlin and everyone being on their edge of a seat for it and like the people standing up in shock when he lost
2: yeah it was all all in all an experience wasn't it more than anything it was like i've not seen a match in a while where you just see a crowd of people just so fully engaged in it like, it, it was a real sport and contest. That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, that,
1: um, that reality to it, definitely. It was, like, kind of uh, a Conor McGregor fight or something, where it's just, like, it goes beyond yeah. what it is.
2: Oh, God, yeah. Something like, else <laughs> with a fully biased crowd, like, you get an economist, yeah, like... Yeah. The- crowd were completely into it and the commentators as well being so biased i think that helped too just being just completely behind devlin even if maybe they didn't quite believe he could do it yeah there was just a a, a level of spectacle to it and yeah the, i think the work in it was was great as well just it was your perfect walter match the type of match that you might do everywhere else but once you had the bells and whistles and like ollie said the the video before and the, the big entrances and just devlin with that extra bit of fire and if anything, Walter with that extra bit of meanness, just because of the occasion of it, it was just awesome. I, I don't even think the execution of all the moves didn't e- d- don't need to be perfect in a match like this. It needs to feel like a real fight, and that's what it felt like. It was just a real fight, a real moment. Everybody in the building was watching completely into it. I was watching at home completely into it, and yeah, like you said, then Ollie just the the stunned silence at the end when mm-hmm. when Devlin's just trying to fight out of the choke and he's ju- you think he's just about about to get out of it and then he just gets grabbed by get grabbed by walter and dropped with that mm. uh, rikishi driver and just and killed and the, the crowd just goes to a stunned silence and not in a negative way not in a way of like you know i can't believe they've done this just completely into the character and into the moments, yeah, and the fully moment. devastated that their their heroes lost it did really have that big
0: fight feel to it, didn't it? And I mean, you both mentioned the commentary there, and we usually don't sort of like heat praise on, uh, European commentary teams, but you've got to take your hats off to, uh, Angus McNally and, uh, Don Marnell. They did a fantastic job and really gave this a really big match feel, and you, and we've all noted the, uh, the promo package there. I mean, uh, hats off again to the Crooked Gentleman production team. Did a great job with not only that package, but um, you know, the whole of the show looked uh, really slick, and they certainly had some uh, great VTS for a uh, for a lot of the uh, for a lot of the matches. So this uh, this is definitely marked on as a one to go out of your way and see. Definitely worth uh, getting the OTT on demand service for uh, for this match. Uh, it will be certainly interesting to see uh, where they go with Devlin here. You'll be. I'm assuming they're going to have Walter sort of like hold the belt for. A a few months until Devlin sort of built up his confidence and uh, to come back for the rematch, Oli.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would obviously be what is going to happen down the line. I mean, clearly this is something that's captured the imagination of people, so it'd be ridiculous not to do it again. And it's crazy how well they've built up Walter in just three matches. Um, They've made him a killer. They've Mm -hmm. made him the final boss. And Walter, Mm -hmm. for his part, has proven to be such a tremendous character wrestler. Like, obviously, we go on about him as sort of like king of work right but i mean <laughs> really it's all about his character and how he projects himself and obviously coming from wxw where character is a is a central theme uh, for all their wrestlers uh like he comes from he comes from a very good place to be able to adapt to the story that any promotion wants to tell with him um and i think ott Are probably using him the best of any other promotion outside of WXW and actually probably using him better than WXW because he's a bit of um, more like a gatekeeper there. Whereas here he can really be the man um, or at least the man opposite Evelyn. So yeah, I'm really excited to see where this goes. It's been a fantastic year for that. The first year for the OTT world championship, obviously they inaugurated the title at their first show this year. And since then they've been on an absolute charge with it. Um, (laughs) they're probably the best main event company in Europe
0: right now. Another batch that really stood out to me on this show was a six-man tag, More Than Hype taking on Still 100, and uh, the losing team had to disband. I mean, these six men are really representing the future of Irish wrestling. More Than Hype uh, was the team of Darren Kearney, LJ Cleary, and Nathan Martin, and they defeated uh, the More Than 100 team of Curtis Murray, Michael May, and Scotty Davis, and We've waxed lyrically about Scotty Davis and L.J. Cleary on the show before. Uh, Davis had a cracking match with Jigsaw last year, and uh, L.J. Mm-hmm. Cleary looked great in his outing with Trent Seven earlier in the year. And uh, I mean, I really enjoyed this match. Uh, lots of high flying offense from all six men. Sure, I mean, some of it wasn't the smoothest at times, and the, you know, there was quite a high profile botch from uh, Curtis Murray. But I mean, we've got to remember these guys are very young, aren't they? I mean, y- they usually appear on the smaller contender shows for OTT, and this was a really high-profile match for them and um, I thought they managed to pull it off early
1: yeah more than hype especially have built a, a, a strong fan following among the, the Irish contingent um, and all of these guys have really impressed The the youth movement in OTT is starting to definitely come through in both men's and women's divisions and that's obviously something they've been trying to build for a while and obviously they've been using those contender shows to to get them more in-ring time more experience more mic time as well and um, and now they're really, they're really starting to push these guys as as genuine commodities to go alongside some of the bigger import names. Um, and clearly, more than hype have sort of flourished as a trio more than Keep It One Hundred. Um, maybe a more and more naturally created uh, trio. So it makes sense for those guys to be the ones going forward. Um, Lj Cleary is clearly, um, if you'll pardon the pun, <laughs> clearly a. a a star in the making in some form or another. He may not be like a Walter type main eventer, but he's, uh, he's, he's going to have so much utility for years to come. <laughs> he he can basically do it all. Um, and on the other side, Scotty Davis is clearly going to be the breakout side from the, the now disbanded keep it 100 team. Uh, he's got all the tools to be the next Jordan Devlin coming there. And if I think we've said this before, but if Devlin ever, has to leave ott and scotty davis is the guy to to fill his boots i reckon um and he's also making waves into the uk now as well he was working fight club pro last yeah. week he's one of will osprey's young boys so he's he's got his roots in already so it's very it'll be very excited to see how all these guys develop
0: any thoughts on uh what Ali's just said there Benno i mean uh, are you a fan of uh, any of these six guys
2: I think you kind of watch it and like ollie said lj cleary jumps out obviously jumps off the page so does scotty davis i didn't i wasn't hugely high on the match itself i mean i'll i'll take a match like this on any card mm. at any time uh, it felt like uh, one of those czw multi-mans or like something you'd expect uh, special k or the sat's to be involved in in the mid-2000s that's the kind of match that it was and some of it it's one of those matches isn't it you mentioned the botch at the star man. like some of it will work some of it won't but the crowd were well up for the carnage and it's a it's kind of a a good way to kind of go out there and just and just try and kill it and throw everything at the wall especially for young wrestlers so yeah it still worked even if yeah even if it wasn't the perfect in execution but yeah i'd say like as far as the, the guys there i think it was unfortunate for for curtis murray that he was the one who, who botched he was trying to do a springboard wasn't he and kind mm. of fell down uh, that was a bit of a shame but he still looked good in the match and yeah, like I say, LJ Cleary continues to look good and continues to look like a future star for OTT and yeah like you've both said it's great that the the kind of the concentrating on these guys and that they're giving them spotlights like this on big shows and it's great that the the Irish fans are so behind them as well. You can feel a a willingness to to go along with this match and go along with these guys and they want these guys to 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 proceed further in the career and and get better so yeah I think it, it won't surprise me if you see a, a few future stars uh, from the six who are in this match.
0: I mean, for me, these were the two most noteworthy matches, especially the main event between Walter and Devlin. I mean, that was the one everyone was talking about after it. But were there any other highlights from the show for you, Benno?
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, as a, as a show, I think it was one of those super shows where it's easy to just think about the main event, isn't mm. it? And you kind of can almost easily forget that Ishii and Juice was on this card. I mean, that's a <laughs> match that was that was. In- for me, if that was on any other card, it'd be what we're talking about. I mean, this took place, obviously, around the time uh, Ishii and Walter took place as well. And just, again, as we said on our last show, insane in that Ishi's is willing to to keep up this pace and, and put these matches together coming off a of G1. But, yeah, I thought that was particularly memorable. Juice, again, as a babyface, really getting over with the, the OTT fans and giving a performance that just kind of says everything about where he's come from, you know, being kicked out of NXT and going and kind of telling his own story and working from the bottom in new Japan and, and coming back and being able to get in there and, and deliver what I felt was a, as he did throughout the g1 a, a top level match uh i mean it, you can say it's uh there's the ishi match and anyone can slot into it but i thought juice for his part just for his charisma and how well he connects to the crowds and just uh, all his baby face fiery comeback stuff just really worked well and it yeah it made a great dynamic just seeing him trying to keep up the fight with ishi and go head butt the head with him and strike for strike with him and while he, he came close and you know he got a couple of near falls it might have been a foregone conclusion that Ishii went over but it almost felt for me while most people were were in the building made up they were getting to see Ishii live that I think Juice will have made uh, a lot more fans uh, there as well just from from his performance and losing so yeah I thought that was a really memorable match.
0: Well, um, they're certainly not resting on the laurels. Uh, upcoming shows—they've got uh, the fan appreciation night at the soon-to-be-demolished Tivoli uh, on the September the thirtieth. The same night as the uh, progress show at Wembley. They've uh, stacked this one up. They've got a. Uh John Devlin and Sean Guinness taking on T-Hawk and Seema. And then they've got Kings of the North taking on Team White Wolf, among many other matches that are announced. And um, I'm assuming this is just because this is one of the last dates they can uh, get the Tivoli rather than them wanting to run against Progress at Wembley. But uh, they've certainly um, lined up a, a fairly interesting card here, Ollie. Really.
1: Yeah, getting the the strong hearts and obviously the, the more import uh, strong hearts version of Shima and T-Hawk is very exciting. Um, that's that's certainly reignited um, T-Hawk's career, <laughs> sort of splitting <laughs> from Dragon Gate completely. Um, it's a shame that Dragon Gate's kind of a, a non-entity this year, but uh, that's not not a topic for now. Um, mm. But that's certainly <laughs> an exciting prospect. Obviously, Guinness from Zero-One as well, make, making that a very uh, Japanese-heavy affair, and obviously a big match for Devlin as he, he now starts his rebuild back to the title. Um yeah, I'm, I've been intrigued by what OTT's been doing all year. And pretty much every major show they've announced this year has has been has been delivering, especially in that main event scene. Um, so what they've done, especially after we were so down on them last year, has been very impressive. They've managed to sort of reset at the start of the year and keep the momentum going throughout. So that's really cool. And, uh, the-
2: I think it's interesting as is- as well, sorry, just that yeah, that the the run this as well opposite progress that they've got, yeah. <laughs> they've got the balls to do that uh, when everyone <laughs> really should be head. We talked about a big ten thousand seats at all in show at the start of the show when yeah everyone from Brit resin island you'd think would be heading to Wembley. I've seen a lot of people think oh maybe I'll maybe I'll second guess that maybe maybe Ott would be the shout instead and I'll I'll get to see you know their product rather than then go for the big progress Wembley show. So yeah, that's interesting. It's going to be obviously. you i think there's a, it's always going to be the talent issue and, and who you can get on the cards but as you just listed there i think ott have done an incredible job of uh, putting together a card that's gonna maybe pull some fans away from even the wembley show
0: and also we've all seen that uh, incredible atmosphere in that building if that's one of the last few times you're getting to go there to a wrestling show then it's definitely i'm certainly considering taking the trip we spending on time off work and stuff but yeah it's one of the Last times can get sea see wrestling there, uh, it certainly will be a, a great evening. And um, and also on that, they've announced their uh, fourth anniversary show, and that's going to feature uh, new champion Walter, and then uh, LIJ members Naito, Evil, Bushy and Sonada. That's on the 13th of October, so you'll assume that uh, Red Pro will have those guys around that same date as well, maybe for a Global Wars show. But um, certainly exciting to see all the LIJ members heading over to Ireland, Ollie.
1: Yeah, of course. Uh, is a, a big star for them coming in. Um, presumably that kind of spoils <laughs> what RevPro are planning as well. Presumably they'll all be at a Rev Pro show as well. Um, and obviously notable by his absence, Hiromu Takahashi, which is obviously a shame that he won't be able to, to come over and wrestle there as well. Uh, but still a very good get, um, and it'll be interesting to see who they line up against them.
0: And moving on to uh, Home Shores now uh, to talk about Progress who've had a very, very busy summer they've toured the US they've uh, held three shows in Germany in conjunction with WXW and they're building up to their biggest show to date at Wembley Arena on the 30th of September and uh, they had the small matter of Chapter 75 these violent delights have violent ends uh, sadly this only just dropped on uh, the VOD so we only had a uh, chance to watch the main event but uh, what a main event it was uh, Will Ospreay taking on Jimmy Havoc. I mean, this uh, this is supposedly the last match between these two. Uh, two out of three falls match with special guest referee Paul Robinson and this must be one of the biggest and best feuds in recent British wrestling history. I mean nothing in nothing progress has done has come close to matching the rivalry between these two uh, you know from plucky underdog Osprey chasing the title against the evil overlord Jimmy havoc to now worldwide star Osprey coming back to face his old rival one more time I mean. The dynamic between these two has uh, completely flipped on its head. Osprey coming out for this match to a, a chorus of boos and uh, Jimmy Havoc being treated as a hometown hero. And um, I mean, this match, they, they went all out, didn't they? Using weapons galore, some insane table spots and chairs thrown in there. Paul Robinson getting heavily involved, especially in the finish. And uh, Osprey picking up the final victory over Havoc here. And uh, certainly had a lot of bells and whistles on this match, didn't they, Benno?
2: they did and it was kind of you say you know it's one of the the greatest it got me into progress the the original feud and it is one of the greatest indie feuds of all time and you know we talked a lot about the video for devlin and walter and how important that was and i like that on the like you said this this dropped very late last night so we've only managed to see the this match but it was essentially the last hour of the chapter they kind of (laughs) used like Twenty odd minutes, didn't they, for intros and entrances and a video with just explaining their history, even if you are a new fan, and including that amazing uh, Havoc promo from a few months ago with a super strong style about how he thinks he's lost it, and Osprey coming out looking like a million bucks, yeah. and all of the they kind of hit all all the key beats there to to tell the story of what they were doing. Uh, the only thing they kind of hated for me a little bit was that. Maybe it just felt like we were missing. Maybe a, I don't know a, some connecting dots between that part of the story and going straight to the match here. I think mm. a, a big part of it. I think probably this chapter would have been the go home, wouldn't it, for Wembley where they do in the one last big angle because I, mean, I think it needed that. I think it it was it was amazing. It was awesome. I really enjoyed the violence of it, but it did feel a little bit like a, an epilogue to the story rather than a real part of the story it just felt a little bit like we we were missing a step and a little bit like it wasn't like they had to rush it yeah yeah we had to go straight to it and it didn't feel like it i don't know it didn't feel as hated or as heated you know the, the hatred wasn't there uh, it didn't feel for me like it could have been with just a little bit, I don't know, a bit more time to tell a story. And I know that's that's not their fault. That's, that's New Japan's fault. Just, yeah, I didn't think, I mean, they did that loser leaves match last year and I'd have them around the same level. Whereas I kind of think for a big blow off, I would have, I don't know. It was just, I can't fault the wrestlers for effort because the big <laughs> spots were all there. The big crowd reactions were all there for the big, big spots and the big violence. I just, I don't know. I don't know if you'd agree. I found it a little bit, plodding between the big spots yeah. um it just didn't feel like i say like the the hate was there i didn't feel as engrossed as as i thought it would be
0: yeah i think obviously they had those two uh really good like promos that, uh have been kind did of leading into this match but i think like you said a, a bit more build up to the final match and maybe if it had taken place on on the biggest stage at wembley it might have uh, you know add that extra thing to it because obviously it wasn't as good as the uh chapter 20 match where uh, Osprey finally beat Havoc but um certainly like you said a, a very very good match but yeah it did oh, feel yeah. like it was missing something and it didn't seem like the, the the crowd were loud for it but not as loud as they could have been
2: that's interesting isn't it as well because I'd all I'd heard from live reports people had said to me directly how loud it was in there and I just didn't feel it on the VOD like say apart from when the big spots happened, people came alive. It just felt—I don't know. Yeah, there were dull moments in, in between the the insane violence, and don't again, don't get me wrong, it was insane. And they did—they did a lot of callbacks as well, didn't they? The, the yeah. commentary drew a lot of attention to it. Maybe there was a a little bit too. It almost felt like a greatest hits in parts. Maybe that's why it maybe didn't fully connect with me. Maybe the commentary went a bit too far in, in referencing absolutely every element. But again, the as far as a, I mean, I'm still saying it was a great match. It was still loads of, like I say, insane stuff. I thought the, the Paul Robinson story in the match kind of, it worked for the night. Um, I think, again the, the hands are tied so they're obviously you know having to go a different direction but i thought paul robinson was good in in some ways subtly uh helton osprey and then in other ways completely non uh being completely non-subtle in, in helping osprey i thought him being there kind of tied things up in a in a nice little bow as well so we got some some good stuff there and uh, again some good character work and some good callbacks and some big spots i mean when paul robinson went through that table on the outside after osprey chased them around the mm. table exploded <laughs> that was insane when havoc did the uh the canadian destroy ddt whatever it's called through the table off the balcony and they kind of bounced off the table um again i don't want to do down those spots and those big moments because they certainly were there i just think yeah maybe my expectations are really high with how much i, yeah. I connected to this feud in the past that maybe yeah it didn't something about it just didn't 100% feel right for me
0: what did you think to the reactions they both got because obviously Osprey uh, Havoc's you know regular on progress and then Osprey comes in and out um you know depending on what he's got going on in other promotions and obviously he was quite roundly booed weren't he compared to Havoc who was like you know the uh, hometown hero
2: I think that's a, that's a part of where the story went a bit wrong like I mean uh, last year when they did the loser leave progress stuff and Osprey was very much the heel then, wasn't he? And they as they used well in the story and kind of cleaned up after themselves, Havoc called him out for that. The fact that he was back in progress and the fact that it was disgusting that he was, you know, allowed to come back when he'd been gone for a year and Osprey was only gone for six months. But I think that in in some ways kind of made Havoc too sympathetic, didn't it? And the fact that he, he was this kind of lovable Almost loser, who's you know his best days are behind him, and he's trying to have these death matches to bring himself back into it. I think that's probably mostly what it is. I think if you got Osprey in the ballroom next month for another big match, I, I still think he'll get cheered. Whereas, yeah, Havoc seems to be more in in that tweener role now.
0: So certainly uh, got your way to watch it, but um yeah, mm. compared to the chapter twenty match, it uh, felt a, a bit wanting. But um now that's out of the way for progress. Um, all roads lead to Wembley for him. Um, that was their last big show before the big show on September the 30th. So uh, we'll go through some of the the card as it currently is. Um, at the end of that match, Paul Robinson uh, helped Ospreay uh, pick up the win and then challenged uh, Jimmy Havoc to, uh, to a match at Wembley. Paul Robinson making his big comeback uh, in the ring in progress. Um, thoughts on uh, Paul Robinson taking on Havoc at the Wembley show, Ollie?
1: Yeah, obviously Paul Robinson has been a big part of that story um, and kind of the epilogue to the original story was uh, Paul Robinson versus Jimmy Havoc in a crazy hardcore match uh, where many light tubes were uh, broken. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's good that Paul Robinson's coming back and that, that's certainly another interesting match to to add to the Wembley card. But as Benno said, you do worry but it's a bit one a bit rushed and two a bit greatest hits almost like self-referential to what they've already done rather than like creating new stuff that is just as good so um i guess temper expectations a little bit it probably won't be like a top three or four match on that show um but yeah it's certainly an intriguing one and certainly makes the card a little bit more fleshed out than it had been
0: well, uh, moving away from from that match onto uh, onto the tag team Thunderbaston, and this has been one of uh, Progress's most controversial storylines today. Uh, <laughs> they set this up months ago. It saw eight tag teams face off in a series of matches over the summer gaining points for each victory and uh, the team with the most points would gain the advantage in the uh, Tag Thunder match at Wembley and uh, for those are unfamiliar with the Thunder Bastard concept it's similar to a Royal Rumble match uh, with people entering at timed intervals until there's one winner, and obviously this is the first tag team one they've done. Um, it's not over the top rope, it's a pins, submissions, or DQ. And, um, I mean, this tag series has been beset with a number of injuries and changes. Flash Morgan Webster was originally teaming with Mark Haskins before he turned on him and joined up with wild Boy Mike Hitchman. Well,
1: Jimmy Havoc was teaming with Mark Haskins.
0: <laughs> oh, yes, it was, wasn't it? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, messed that one up. Yeah, so, and then, obviously, they, they, yeah, they, um... Formed the team that became known as the 198. And so uh, Flash Morgan Webster and uh, Mike Hitchman entered the tag tournament. And uh, then they took uh, whatever points that uh, Jimmy Havoc and Mars Caskins had, had won for uh, for whatever reason that was. Then you had uh, Chris Brooks, who's also been through a couple of tag team partners. His two CCK teammates, Kid Lycos and John Gresham, came down with injuries. So Brooks is now teaming with uh, Timothy Thatcher. And um, heading into this tournament, Grizzled Young Vets were the tag champs, but Bandido and Flamita won the belts on the USA Tour, and they're subsequently inserted into the Thunderbastard match. And uh, now the tournament's officially over, and uh, it seems uh, a lot of different tag teams, like I've just tried to explain to you there, um, <laughs> it, we're not all with the original teams that were uh, in the tournament when it first started, but um, here's how, it, how, how it's uh, fleshed out in the end, we've got... Um, Bandido and Flamita entering first as the tag champs. Uh, We've got Sexy Star, David Starr, and uh, Jack Sexsmith entering second. They only got two points. We've got uh, Eminem, Maverick and Mayhew. Uh, they've only got two points there, entering third. Aussie Open with four points, entering fourth. fun Police entering fifth with six points. Grizzled Young Vets entering sixth with six points. And uh, the Calamari Thatch Kings of uh, Chris Brooks and Timothy Thatcher entering seventh with ten points. And then uh, the final team to eight enter is uh, the 198 with 12 points. Flash Morgan Webster and Wild Boar Mike Hitchman. I mean, the way I've tried to explain there is, as you can see, this has been a very convoluted and uh, confusing thing as it's come over the summer. But uh, we seem to have finally come to the end of it here. And actually, um, it seems like
2: it, it might be a decent match after all, Benno. (laughs) <laughs> well done, Mace. You did well. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, if anyone listening doesn't get it already, that's how complicated this entire thing is. And it's all to get to a Thunderbaster match. It's just like,
1: yeah, why? I mean, Two-minute entry before someone else.
2: <laughs> okay. And then Bandido and Flamita as Martin just said they're just they're just waltzing in, they're just going to be part of it now. It's just, yeah, the whole thing makes no sense. I mean, they've tried, they put a graphic up on Twitter and they've done the best to make it work, but and simplify it and just pretend the one nine eight have, have just been in it the whole time. It's just the only way you can really do it to make sense in your brain. Uh, I think the thunder bastards are usually fun and I think it will be fun. It's just a lot of effort to, to get to the point of, yeah, uh, organizing who's going to come out first and who's going to come out last. I hope to pay all this off. They're going to do, you know, some stuff in the match where they can pay off the fact that, well, you know, because they came out first, that lots of, maybe a few early eliminations just to get over, that fact, but that doesn't make a difference either. The way the Thunderbuster rules work. it just it, to me, it just doesn't really make a difference um, in a huge way where you come in. So yeah, all all that trouble and all that trouble they just made you go through, Martin, to to explain <laughs> it all, just. Doesn't seem worth it. Uh, I hope you're, uh, you're not going to try and do the 3 in in series next. Uh, no, I, I, that's how
0: sort of like many twists and turns I had. I had completely forgotten Askins original yeah. was originally teaming with Jimmy Havoc.
1: <laughs> yeah, <like>. yeah. <laughs> also, Just... Flamita and Bandito entering first because they're the champions. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought okay. that was a bit random. Yeah. I mean,
1: I get <laughs> that it's because the 198 are heels and they need to come out last because they're heels, but uh, yeah, it's lobotomy booking.
0: So, moving away from that, after my uh, epic Ben Hur an explanation for that match, we've uh, got a match that has no explanation whatsoever. We've got uh, Matt Riddle having his uh, last ever indie match at Wembley, facing off against Mark Haskins. Benno, I mean, uh, we were sort of wondering who was going to take Matt Riddle on in this match, and it seems uh, Haskins didn't have anything to do, so they
2: matched him against Riddle. i never explain is the gimmick with Haskins, so I suppose it works. Um, I'm going to the show I'm partly because I want to see Matt Riddle again. But yeah, Mark Haskins, just someone for me. I just he doesn't really move me much anymore. I think he's within the Progress fan base, because he's seen as, you know, their guy, um, and because I think he's really over within that kind of subculture. So if you asked, you know, a hardcore Progress fan, I think they'd be made up with this match. But for me, it's kind of it's weird 'cause I think it'll be a a very good match. I just yeah, I, I don't really get excited about Mark Haskins' matches anymore. So it, it I, I think progress is very much a closed shop though as well so I think it'd be unrealistic of me to expect Matt Riddle to go in and get some kind of weird rematch with an outsider so mm. really if you looked at the progress roster up and down and looked at who was available I think yeah it, it was probably always obvious once he, he crashed out of the three and in Mark Askins was gonna be the guy uh, but yeah I'm a little bit nonplussed on it I think again in the building I think I'll get there and I think they'll deliver and I think I'll just be happy to see Matt Riddle anyway but I can't say I'm I'm hugely excited for it.
0: And uh, moving on to what will surely be the main event, we've got uh, Walter taking on Tyler Bate. And as uh, Benno noted, there, Progress run another concept this summer, having a uh, number of wrestlers take part in a three-and-in series, which was basically the wrestler who gained three victories at consecutive events, having the chance to uh, face a Progress World Champion, Walter, at Wembley, in, uh, the three And the three-and-in series when it was eventually Tyler Bate. And uh, this seemed to be uh, sort of like the match they wanted all along here, Ollie. Tyler Bate uh, having the title <laughs> match. <laughs>
1: Yeah, of course, he got injured um, during Super Strong Star when he was likely going to be the winner. Um, so in a roundabout way, they've gotten back to the original match. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's certainly a match. Um, and again, like Beno said, I think Tyler Bate has a lot of stock in within the Progress universe. Um, and yeah, obviously, he's been doing good stuff in NXT, but like his matches in Progress have been almost without exception comedy matches where he fucks around um so yeah i'm not really sure what he's done within the actual progress booking to have like beat become the main eventer uh for he wembley got three
2: wins in a row there that's, he got that's three wins
1: if you got three wins in a row yeah um <laughs> but yeah it's, it, it felt like his character ended this time last year uh when the British Strongstar story ended and since then he's just sort of been a Green Ranger fuck around character. Um so it seems odd that he's in the title match. But also since Progress is an extension of the WWE universe, uh I guess not so much because obviously he's a he's a big deal in NXT slash UK. So yeah, I mean he might win and they might do something with that and you know formally align with NXT UK or whatever. I don't know. But yeah, it's not really a match that's getting me up like um, Ilya Dragunov and Pete Dunne. That's the real main event to me.
2: We've got to where they want, haven't we? We've got to where, like you say, we've got to where they wanted to go with Super Strong Style. But because of the injury issue and because of the fact that they've kind of had to find another way to get a, a number one contender. And you know the Travis Banks inj- injury issue as well. It just feels a little bit you know, anticlimactic, that, as you say, Tyler mm-hmm. Bates. I mean, I'm sure we can rely on this to be a great match and he'll be a great babyface in the moment. But, yeah, he, like you said, Ollie doesn't feel like a, a top-line progress guy right now. So, yeah, to me... Yeah, like, he just hasn't
1: I, had a story where he's been building up to the title. Like, it yeah. hasn't been part of his, like like Jordan Devlin is all about the world championship like his character wants it so badly whereas Tyler Bate looks like he just wants to dick around in the ring for 10 minutes and then collect <laughs> his does. paycheck and go to America again and it looks <laughs> great doing it in his great shit oh yeah it? yeah it's, it's certainly it's been what? entertaining but it's just not <laughs> Yeah. I
2: don't, I don't know. It's... It, it doesn't give me belief that he's going over. I'm not going to be going in thinking, oh, yeah, Tyler Bate's going to win the belt here. I bet you, like anytime I always talk about the progress booking, on the night, the wrestlers themselves, I'm sure they'll deliver and I'm sure it'll be a great match. And I bet you I'll be there being drawn right into the possibility of Tyler Bate winning on the night itself. But. Generally, from a broad stroke's point of view, yeah, he just doesn't seem to be, he's not really a top guy in progress right now. And it's a strange way to kind of get him there um, and get back to this, this original point, even if yeah, a lot of things were against progress.
0: Well, you mentioned it just there, Ollie. Uh Probably the match everyone's really looking forward to is uh, Pete Dunne taking on Ilya Dragunov and a uh, Dragunov your boy, isn't he? And uh, this must uh, surely be... I mean, it's its not that much in terms of uh, sort of like in-ring storyline, but um, certainly a match that everyone's looking forward to here.
1: Well, it's been the best-built match on the show. Um, not through matches, but through the Christian Kobe promos. And they've crafted a very fun, um, like, old territory character there with uh, uh, Jacoby being the hype man for dr- his his man, Dragonov. Like, it's very, um, you know, harkens back to the territory days. Obviously, I wasn't alive during then. I haven't <laughs> studied them deeply, so I can't think of a, a comparison, but I'm sure it did happen. You know, Dragonov is the the invading guy going for the top guy in this territory. And he's got, you know, a, a Weasley heel manager who represents, you know, his neck of the woods. Um, it's, it's really well crafted. Um, and it does feel like a collision of worlds, um both companies have actually done a a pretty good job of hyping it up so it 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 feels like something you can follow through both progress and wxw and it sort of encourages that progress versus wxw feeling which i I like progress sort of leaning into their image as a promotion is always good they're always very good at sort of playing up to what people think they are um so from from that sort of tribalistic aspect (laughs) this match works too um yeah so it's a, it's going to be a collision. Um, Dragunov is such an exciting wrestler and a big-time wrestler as well. He he thrives in the big matches. Um, and this and Bola will hopefully be the first step towards a more international recognition for him because he is sort of hidden, like WXW has risen up in the last year and a half, but it is still far, be, far beneath Progress's international recognition. So him getting to be the real main event of a progress show the biggest progress show ever um will surely do wonders for him
2: i just hope they capitalize on that as well the fact that yeah it's okay right now it's invading wrestler versus you know it's company versus company but when the dust has settled he's got to stick around in progress oh, hasn't? because he, could, he could offer something so fresh to their main event scene um yeah hopefully the fact that he's gotten over so quickly and they probably are going to have the match of the night on Wembley um he'll be a made man in progress so yeah let's hope that uh, he can go some way to maybe freshen things up at the uh, the top end of their cards
0: Remember, uh, Wembley will also see the culmination of the months-long feud between Eddie Dennis and Mark Andrews. And, I mean, this started the year with a lot of steam. Eddie being out injured and attacking Andrews wherever he could at wrestling shows and at gigs for Andrews as band junior. But for me, I mean, this lost a bit of steam when uh, Dennis came back from injury. And, uh... And sort of like he was wrestling a bit more and then it sort of like the story was obviously dragged out because we wanted to see this one at Wembley. But even though it's lost a bit of steam, it's still quite an exciting matchup for this card, Ollie.
1: Yeah, it's still the second most interesting match to me. But as you say, it has definitely lost steam, um, partly just because the amount of time they had to wait. If, <laughs> if this show had happened in like July or something, it would be it would be red hot. But um, having Eddie Dennis sort of back wrestling when he the whole point of it was sort of he wasn't gonna wrestle and they did like a whole show angles of it him saying no I'm not gonna wrestle except against Mark Andrews um, it did sort of contradict his character a bit but then it, I get it it's okay um, the match is still an interesting one but it does feel like they've sort of toned it down a bit to play up other matches on this show they have sort of mm-hmm. deliberately shot this one down to. To the fourth four fifth four, fifth most important match, um, when it could have been you know a really big deal, and I think they've put some wacky stipulation on it, haven't they?
2: Hmm. It's it's got yeah, TLC, it's kind of like
1: oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm be get great. blood feud by climbing this ladder, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, Steven Generico did it, so it, it can work. Yeah. Yeah, it's it the whole thing it reminds me of like when you, when you try and book a, a wrestling show on EWR or you try and book a feud, and if you left it just that little bit too long to do the blow off match, you'd lose overness for the match, and it's literally played out in real life, including the fact that they just threw them in a random TLC match, which is what I do on EWR as well. So I can't <laughs> talk, but yeah, it's kind of I would have done it though. I would have. I think they did the right thing, waiting throughout the Eddie Dennis injury, and then when he was back not blowing it off on a chapter show and waiting for the big Wembley card. I think they paid the price a little bit for that. Like you say, it has lost some steam, but I I do think it was the right decision. And I'm still hyped for it. I'm still excited. Once the
1: match starts, it should be. Oh, and they're going to kill
2: it, it, aren't they? They're going to kill themselves and kill each other. Uh, And I think it will be a really memorable spectacle on the match, even if it is an odd gimmick to go with
0: know, uh, the final match that they look to be setting up for Wembley is uh, nothing set in stone for this yet, but uh, the women's title match, Millie McKenzie recently won a number one contenders match to face champion Ginny at Wembley, and uh, I would imagine some other parts uh, are going to be added to this one. Um, we're not going to see a straight-up Millie v Ginny match, are we, Ollie? I think with uh, all the other uh, women in progress, we might see like, a three-way or a four-way, maybe.
1: Well, yeah, the other Spice Girls are obviously going to get involved. Uh, that seems inevitable because uh, they've built heavily the House of Couture and they're kind of their main characters. Um, I think it might stay a singles but maybe um, with hefty interference or, <laughs> or even like a, a red shoes throwing them out halfway through spot. Um, something like that.
2: Yeah, it's a really, I was just going to say, it's a really boring singles match so I hope it doesn't but... I mean, I, I sound ungrateful saying it's a boring singles match because I'm sort of sure they'll they'll give a good match as well. But yeah, just yeah, I'd be some su- I'd be surprised if they if they don't come up with something clever in the booking or or do something else uh, with it rather than just a straight match. I guess we'll see.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I think. Uh... Even though I was leaning more towards it being a 3 or a 4 I think Ollie might be right there. It's like a match with tons of interference in and maybe some uh, people changing their allegiances. But um, yeah, like you said, we'll have to wait and see. And so that's the Wembley card so far. I mean, uh, what else can we see being added to this? I mean, it holds 10k. I mean, how many do you think are going to be there on the night, Benno?
2: it's a big it's a good question yeah they're not going to do all in numbers are they uh it's not happening at this point i think combination of the injuries and the booking going in and it's hard to call because the people in kind of the circles i travel in and the broader hardcore indie wrestling fan base doesn't seem as hot on progress but they've got that that red they've got that fan base who will travel and it will go to their shows no matter what and I think people like all in. I think people will want to be there, especially big progress fans, because yeah. it feels like a big event. But I think I was definitely more hopeful, you know, when it was first announced. I thought, yeah, if they pay off the right feuds at the right time, and they they, they could really come close. Not maybe not do ten thousand, but do high thousands. Whereas now. I don't expect so much I think they'll do better than the they've done for the last couple of big shows I think we're talking more than the, the 2000s or they did for those um but I don't think it's going to go past 5000 if I'm honest I don't think it's even going to get to 4 um but still it'll be uh, I'm I'm excited to go um as much as I you know I've got some misgivings about the bookings I think it'll be a great show on the night um and I think it'll be a great atmosphere because it is still a few thousand people there Um, But yeah, it'll be it will be interesting to see how how many uh, sections they're cutting off because they haven't opened up any more ticketing so that's a sign that maybe uh, ticket sales aren't uh, exactly roaring.
0: Yeah, but I I think it'll look decent on the night. Like you said, I don't think we're going to be seeing five star numbers here Ollie. You know, where you can count the people (laughs) in the arena. Yeah. So I think. Are you Are you considering going down for it, Ollie?
1: I don't think so. Um, Just because you know it it will be really busy. It will be. You know, it'll be a lot. I guess I do prefer kind of the more intimate mm-hmm. um, wrestling shows, or at least where I can sort of corner myself off in like those big arenas. Like it is a little bit exposing, and there's a lot going on. People standing up always and obscuring your view. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm into that kind of indie wrestling. I guess like large scale. I I do like my smaller venues and a bit more characteristic a bit more rustic <laughs> i don't know if that just makes me a hipster <laughs> <laughs> i think
0: so yeah <laughs> some breaking news here that tony storm's uh been declared fit to come back on uh, for the Wembley show so that women's uh match is going to be a three-way millie mckenzie <laughs> ginny and, and tony storm <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> you're absolutely correct martin <laughs> <laughs> oh martin was right folder well done mate
0: and I also just realized we missed off the uh, the small matter of the Doug Williams the uh, Trent Seven Atlas title oh, course, match. Yeah. That'll certainly be an interesting one, Ollie?
1: Yeah, that, I, the Trent Seven promo leading up to that was a very good promo. Um, and it, it is a match with a certain amount of heart towards it. So I'm glad that at least Trent gets to do something relevant and not like weird and comedic on the show. Um, and yeah, it'll probably be Doug Williams' last match for progress. Um, Yeah, it's certainly an interesting addition and like something with actual like meaning and heart to it and not just sort of throwing shit out there and seeing what sticks, which is which is good. There's enough matches on the show that have actually got like a definitive frame to them that, um, you know, it it, it almost guarantees to be a good show or at least a, a satisfying one in terms of story.
0: What are your thoughts on this Doug Williams uh, run that he's been having, Benno, this sort of like one last hurrah that he's been having in progress?
2: It's funny because, yeah, I I like it. I think it's a good way of, I don't think it's a great way of using the Atlas belt, but it's a good way of using Doug Williams. And I suppose he didn't have many other options with the Atlas belt, so it fits in that regard as well. He was kind of pulling the same thing uh, at the Defiant show that I went to, and it's kind of like, he, he he's doing, He seems to be doing it everywhere. There again, he was teasing retirement, got attacked by a heel, and here in Progress, he's teasing retirement, but he's got the belt. So there's. All, I don't think there's much of Doug left that we're going to get to see. So I was glad to see him live at Defiance, and I'll be glad to see him live at Progress as well in a in a meaningful match. And if he does go out, and it is really the the, the big retirement match, then you know even if this being at Wembley, you know even if you know Progress aren't exactly uh, Doug Williams' home promotion. Um, it's kind of cool that he's going to get to to go out that way on on his terms. So yeah, you could have a a really big moment there as well. Um, and yeah, Trent Seven wouldn't be the worst Atlas champion either. So you could uh, there's definitely uh, things you could go with, do with him too. Yeah, it would be
0: certainly interesting to see uh, if Tyler Bate wins the world belt, and then you've got Trent with uh, the Atlas title. That's two of the major titles both taken up by Mustache Mountain. It'd be interesting uh, going into December and the new year with those two as champions. So uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, What comes out of that Wembley show? Anyway, uh, moving away from progress now. Moving uh, further up north. A promotion we haven't discussed in a while defiant wrestling i mean they ran their stacked show on the 26th of august at the bowler's exhibition center on the outskirts of manchester and uh, a pretty decent undercard with the highlight being lucky kid v omari opening the show but the main attraction was uh was the first time match between will osprey and walter and i mean as you would expect this was a fantastic match but uh, benno you managed to uh make it over to uh to bowler's exhibition center for this how was it live
2: incredible yeah i mean we've raved about walter and osprey today a lot um and then them two together was just a match that i wasn't gonna miss uh, i'm not exactly the biggest defiant fan in the world um but I'm, you know i didn't really i went for that one match and i did get rewarded with some other decent stuff on the undercard as well but yeah oh it was all about that match for me that's what got me out there and yeah it it was incredible just being there live and just seeing I think we talked earlier about you know Walter being kind of final boss and being the the import, the finally slayed the import killer. Um, again, here with Osprey, he was doing the same thing. He was very much just the big bad. Osprey was selling around them, trying to fight back and kind of getting taught a lesson for for Darren to try and chop Walter. Uh, it was it was just something. Just it was great to just be there live and hear those loud Walter chops and see that Osprey fight and get swept up to it with the crowd as well. I thought. As far as the show as a whole, the, the atmosphere wasn't amazing throughout the night. And I don't know how well it, it traveled on the VOD for you in watching it, Martin. But in this match, it just it felt like everyone in the building, including the wrestlers, including the bar staff, were, were well <laughs> into it. And I kind of started the match watching it from the bar area and got so swept up in the atmosphere. I didn't even realize I was pretty much standing in front <laughs> row by the time <laughs> it came to the, the finishing sequence. I so think that, that tells you everything about this match. And yeah, it, it was just uh, just it's Walter and Osprey, isn't it? So it was worth the trip, and yeah, I, I was surprised, but I, I ended up having a, a really good night in at the fines as a whole as well. No, did you get a chance to watch this one, Ollie?
1: I was able to see this one, yes, um and yeah, I can certainly see how you get sweep, swept up in this because neither guy was taking this as an off night; they were certainly wow. rising to the occasion, um, and yeah. Th- I thought the pacing was very New Japan-esque, like especially towards the end, lots of like kick out straight into another move, which I do enjoy. Um, uh, the thing that particularly stands out in my mind as like a definitive Walter versus Osprey spot was Walter chopping Osprey, him falling down, but immediately springing back up. <laughs> uh, that did amuse me a lot and was sort of like the definitive moment of the match. You know, Walter absolutely clubbed Osprey here. Um and it, it certainly went at a pace, which I did really enjoy. Um, yeah, like I am a little bit annoyed that <laughs> Defiant are the ones who got here first. I know, and yeah. It's like a race match isn't it? without a story.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a race to get to this match, and Defiant got there first. That's just yeah. Uh, you would have yeah. thought some RevPro would have done it. It's surprising, isn't
1: it? Mm. As much as I enjoyed the match like just knowing that it kind of had no stakes i know it's for the internet title but like (laughs) who cares um (laughs) like just it it not having that build that sort of emotion behind it all that it was just sort of a match It, it it was definitely obvious it was definitely sort of stark throughout it that like even though they were fighting hard it just it felt like it wasn't for anything and it was just <laughs> sort of happening but i get that like especially in a live atmosphere walters the sound of walter's chops even on the vod were <laughs> kind yeah. of crushing they clearly mic'd up well um
2: yeah. he didn't do a yeah. million of them either did he it was kind no, of like he he just picked the ones spots. that he
1: did were yeah like he, he may have only thrown like three or four but you felt them (laughs) and that's sort of the best Walter. So yeah, very good match, but just disappointing that it didn't have any weight behind it. I guess hopefully they do get a chance to have a more involved thorough match than that.
0: And, um, I mean, Benno, you know, there that um Defiant, aren't your favourite promotion to watch. Uh, but I think they've uh, flown somewhat under the radar this year. I think they've had a had a sneaky, decent year. They had that great Rumble-style show earlier in this year that we talked about before. And then um, I saw a great Walter V. Banks V. Sabre Jr. match in May, which was uh, which was cracking. And then, and then there's this show here. So I think, um, obviously, there's still some stink on them from the What Culture days. But I think they've had a, a, a fairly decent, a decent showing this year. Uh, you know, they're having these uh, big matches for the main events if some of the undercards are somewhat somewhat wanting. So yeah, I've, I've enjoyed Defiant so far this year, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, they'll come up with since they're bringing their loaded YouTube tapings back in December, so uh, interesting to see what they'll do for those weekly shows. And uh, moving on to uh, something we've not done before, we've got a competition for uh, Wrestling MediaCon, which is a huge two-day event taking place this weekend as of recording the show on the 8th and 9th of September at the Bowlers Exhibition Centre, Features a whole host of wrestling-related events. Uh, Got shows from Red Pro, Impact Wrestling, NGW, and Defiant. And on top of that, they're also we're going to be hosting a number of live podcast panels. The first ever Media Con Hall of Fame with entrance Dave Meltzer and Finn Martin among others. And uh, Expat's going to be there doing a live show with Pat Patterson and uh, and tons more. So it certainly seems like they've stacked this. uh, Stacked these two days to the gills. And uh, they've kindly offered up two general admission tickets to our list. Listeners and we held a Twitter competition this week and Benno you put the entrance into the randomizer 3000 <laughs> and if you
2: could uh, announce the winner for us please yeah the randomizer 3000 aka the google random number generator uh, yeah thanks yeah thanks to everyone who's entered we had loads of entries didn't we so yeah i've uh, put, put us into the random generator and we come out at number 44 which is Ranger Neville at I 14 So, congratulations to you, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Ranger Neville. I'll uh, I'll send a direct message to you and uh, arrange you getting the tickets. And you should see me there as well. It's uh, it should be a fun weekend. There's plenty of stuff going on there. So, yeah, congratulations, and yeah, looking forward to the weekend myself.
0: Yeah, for those unlucky enough to win tickets, check out Wrestling Media. Con dot com for more info and uh, yeah, I'm going to be heading down there as well for the uh, Red Pro Super J Cup show. So uh, certainly an exciting weekend. Should and congratulations on uh, on winning those two tickets and. Moving on now, uh, I mean, there's lots of TV news this week. Uh, we discussed about Red Pro's TV taping last time around, and uh, the station they will air on was announced recently they're going to air on Free Sports, uh, the channel that had previously had the ill-fated five-star wrestling. And... And, I mean, it was a bit of a disappointment, got to be honest, compared to some of the channels we were originally speculating about last time. We were talking about network television. Um, I mean, they're they're well-branded on Sky, nestled in the planner with the rest of the sports channels. They've certainly got slick production for the rest of the shows, um, shows such as Ice Hockey and Rugby. And uh, it'll be great to see Red Pro with some production values behind them. And uh, in-ring product will certainly be leaps and bounds ahead of Five Star. And the tapings are actually taking place uh, tonight and tomorrow as we recording the show at the usual Red Pro venue of York Hall in London. I mean, Ollie, what were your thoughts when uh, Red Pro announced that they were going to be on Free Sports?
1: I mean, it was sort of what I was expecting, so <laughs> I, I didn't think too much about it. Um, I mean, clearly Free Sports want to get in on the wrestling. Uh, <laughs> if after five star they're still like, yes, give us more wrestling. Um, so clearly the plan is they want to keep doing it uh, uh, while this the current plan is still the current plan so <laughs> refro should at least have a home there for a good while like longer than five stars four or five weeks i believe <laughs> mm. <laughs> um so yeah i mean it's it was kind of the expected move for me as i say like it it just seemed natural clearly free sports wanted to do wrestling and when they said oh we're gonna do tv that seemed like the place it was gonna be so hopefully they get a nice long run on there and it seems like something where pro can definitely branch into um obviously we'll have to wait to see what the final product's like and review that when it comes out but it's definitely something to get excited for and not just laugh at like five star
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah it certainly looks good doesn't it from the the photos that are coming out today i think (laughs) Red Pro's production I railed on On our last show It's among the worst in British wrestling It's great that, like you said They've got a, a proper production TV company behind it Because I've never seen your call for wrestling Look so good uh, But yeah, I think that I was kind of disappointed as well I think maybe it's the fact that we all built it up in our head. Maybe I should have been more realistic like Ollie and thought, yeah, it was always going to be free sports. Uh, we all had the crazy ideas of it being on Channel 4 or, <laughs> or something like that. But it wasn't happening, was it? No. Um, but free sports is like, like uh, Andy Quilden keeps saying. It's, it's everywhere. You can get it on Sky. You can get it on, on Virgin Media. You can get it on Freeview. And I think a lot of it depends on the time slot and a lot of it depends on how long the shows are as well. Let's just hope they're not going like we said, the three hours live, like a uh, five star did. Hopefully we've, mm. we've learned the lessons of the past mm. and, uh, I'm going to be dealing with maybe more of a solid one hour product or something in like those lines.
1: They've also gotten in with, uh, what sport happening so soon. Like <laughs> I, I can probably market this to my mother and father, <laughs> get them to watch this having, you know, introduced them to the concept of wrestling on TV <laughs> <That's> <laughs> with World of sport. I can hit them with the good stuff now.
0: <laughs> uh, Well, at least I'll have two viewers there. Well, three, (laughs) Holly and his parents. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, Red Pro weren't the only UK promotion announcing they had a slot on TV. Preston City Wrestling announced that they will have a weekly show on Saturday nights at 11pm on The Fight Network, and... Fight Network have recently shown up on the Showcase channel on Sky, uh, taking over the channel's programming from 9pm every night, showing things like Impact and uh, a few other uh, American wrestling promotion. And uh, PCW's first show was screened last Saturday, and it seems uh, not a chance to watch it yet, but it seems uh, highlights from previous cards, rather than a program just filmed for TV, it seems like this is going to be a number of matches from uh, a variety of PCW shows here, Benno.
2: Yeah, this is kind of what I was worried. I don't know when when companies say they've got TV, okay, great. They're they're on TV. They're on Fight Network UK or previous Overlords. Cool, um, but yeah, it, it it is kind of just matches thrown together. I believe the Road to Glory, uh, Matt Riddle Zach Saber Junior match I was live at uh, earlier in the year was on their show this week and. Yeah, I mean, it's cool that those matches as there are on TV, but it does feel like... It's like when uh, promotions used to get TV and be on the wrestling channel. It'd just be a one-hour block of, of random matches. Uh, I can't see myself uh, watching this. Uh, I don't think there's a, a way to watch it online anyway. It is very much a... You've got to watch it live as it happens on TV or or Sky plus it as well. But cool for PCW. They're a very character-driven promotion, so a lot of the, their big characters that they've got there, the like Sir Matthew Brooks and Tal those kind of guys, will probably come come across really well on tv plus big matches like zach Sabre jr and matt riddler are on tv as well so yeah i don't think it, it's going to make a huge change to, the, to their business but still a, a, a nice little thing to have
0: yeah exactly and um the final bit of uh, tv wrestling we've got a uh, will of sport episodes five and six ever aired uh, since we last recorded and uh the main talking points uh, from these episodes was the uh, culmination of the tag team tournament with Kip Sabian and Justin Reese facing off against Nathan Cruz and Adam Maxted in the finals and uh Sabian and Reese picked up the win and uh, and the tag belts pretty decent match actually I, I quite enjoyed it and after the loss of course Nathan Cruz turned on his tag team partner so um, should be expecting a match between those two in uh, in the coming weeks and uh, other notable items rampage defended uh, the WOS tie title crater continues to dominate and uh martin kirby and joe henry continued their feud with a submissions match of all things i mean pretty decent match there but um i've never have uh, martin kirby down as a submission guy obviously joe henry uh well known for his uh commonwealth wrestling exploits but yeah kirby didn't never struck me as a submission guy but um the time of the show has changed from 5 p.m to 4:30, and this seems to have badly affected the ratings
2: Benno. yeah it's kind of like they've dropped down again. I mean, I think the fact that it's gone to half four rather than it's just been cancelled outright, we should probably take that as a positive. <laughs> you know, they could have moved it. I think it's something to do with their, their six o'clock programming starting up again as we get into the winter season. So the news got moved earlier and therefore ITV got moved. It, well, the sport got moved earlier. Um, but yeah, we maybe it, the fact that they moved it earlier and didn't outright move it elsewhere it is a good sign. Uh, but yeah, they, they did not do great. 0.4 million uh, for that show uh which when you compare it i mean that's even less than less than half of uh of what they did for the original pilots and in recent weeks they've had a bit of a bump back up to uh, 0.6 million and 0. 0.7 million which definitely a lot better than a couple of the earlier weeks but not a great sign uh, that people haven't followed it to the new time slot but i guess it, it these things are going to fluctuate so i guess we'll see next week uh, how they do and whether yeah, all this well, i mean the tag like you said the tag team stuff paying off i actually thought was really good some of the best stuff they've done on, on world of sport has been the tag team stuff so yeah maybe that'll pay off maybe people will come and tune in to see justin size and you know get his big title shot uh, but not the greatest sign from a ratings point of view, but again, maybe somewhat cold comfort that uh, that ITV are sticking with them and I think we're gonna we are gonna last the ten episodes on a I T V Saturday night, even if it is a different time slot.
0: Well in the midst of this, they announced they'll be doing a World of Sport tour in January. Nine days, starting in Southampton on the eighteenth of January and ending on the third of February, York Hall in London. Um Ollie, I mean this is a this is certainly interesting, considering what Benno's just told us about the ratings that they're going to be doing a World of Sport tour yeah. in January.
1: Yeah, I don't know exactly the details of this. Who's like putting up the money? I guess it could be like an Alex Shane project, sort of away from ITV, but using the ITV branding. I I don't really know. I have to get get the inside scoop on that uh, at some point. But yeah, certainly at least targeting the York Hall sort of means they at least sort of know something about <laughs> where to go um to attract wrestling fans. But like the usual crowd at call is not gonna be lining <laughs> lining up outside the block uh for World of Sport and their product. So um no, again, we'll have to see. That's still still a ways off yet. Um mm-hmm. and see what the the future of uh the World of Sport program is. I like Benno, I think they're definitely gonna make the end of this season anyway, but we'll see. What well, a series two may end up as um, it's all hanging in the balance at the moment.
2: I want to see if this TV exposure does something for, you know, is it going to sell live tickets? Because I don't think local indies are getting big upticks with featuring world of sports oh, tar- stars on the shows. I mean, maybe any local promoters can get in touch and tell us it's different, but it doesn't feel that way. Um, and this, these shows aren't really targeted so much at hardcore wrestling fans. So they're probably going to be relying on the, the general public to come out, aren't they? And relying yeah. on the fact that does being a, a big ITV TV star uh, mean as much uh, to wrestling fans. I guess we'll see.
0: In is certainly an interesting month, isn't it? You know, coming straight after Christmas, so people might be buying. You know, oh, I saw what's his name watching World of Sport one week. I'll get him tickets for it. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting to see if they get many sort of like casual fans coming in for it, because that's a, that'll be who it's aim that you would have thought. So I guess we'll have to wait and see on that one. And um, coming up to our uh, last segment is, uh, is your feedback from uh, the Post Wrestling Forum at forum.postwrestling.com, and uh, we've had a couple of questions we had one from jtom416 and he's saying that money's kind of tight so what would be the one uk indie you guys would recommend someone getting their streaming service and uh, i'll throw that one to you first ollie
1: um not the uk but wxw now <laughs> uh <laughs> because shotgun every single week is the best wrestling tv show there is um the characters get actual proper storylines that are fulfilled uh, so if you're if you've fallen off on WWE because the stories are crap and don't go anywhere, WXW is almost like um, the antithesis. It's it's very much the best sports entertainment indie there is like mm-hmm. that. They're, they're heavy on character. They do everything a bit like WWE, but just better. <laughs> and you'll have a bunch of new favorites and can impress all your friends who only know UK guys by telling them about Dirty Dragon and Killer Kelly and. Uh, rise and Lucky Kid.
2: I think I back all up on that as well. Yeah, I think that'd be a good choice. But I think if you if you want to see WXW, maybe you think ah, I just wouldn't watch Shotgun every week. You should. But if you wouldn't, you can get high. If you know, and the the questioner asked about money being an issue, I've just thought if yeah, if you're struggling for money, get high spots because you can watch the big WXW shows there, yeah. and you can get all the other stuff high spots offer like PWG and international in in these too. So from a money saving point of view you could definitely do that as well i think from a money saving point of view progress is a good choice as well i know i've railed on the bucket a little bit today but there's still all of their classic shows are up there and there another one where you buy their vod and you also get you know select stuff from other companies as yeah, well you can so go you through to... from
1: chapter one if you haven't seen the early chapters you can see exactly them and binge watching
2: <laughs> yeah that's worthwhile too so yeah you could uh, save some money that way
0: yeah, well, there's even high spots, or is it uh, that Pro Wrestling Network, which is like seems to be a pivot share sort of like bit where they've got a, a bit Slam. of everything. in. Is what? Sorry,
2: is it Power Slam that one? Not Power Bomb, Power Slam. Is oh, is the it one?
0: Power Slam Network? Yeah, and that seems yeah. to have a bit of, of everything on there for a variety of uh, British promotions. But yeah, I mean, um you guys have mentioned uh, Progress and WXW already and I also add Red Pro to that because um, I mean especially if you're into New Japan they have a lot of New Japan guys on there and um, certainly a lot of Dream Matches and it's kind of easier to get into than the others I think you know you can just uh, bang a Red Pro show on, and you haven't got to worry too much about uh, being up to date on any of the stories you can kind of dip in and out on a lot of the shows so it's, uh doesn't feel overwhelming like maybe some of the Progress stuff you know you've got to watch a lot of the shows to get into uh, you know uh, get into the bigger matches so uh, yeah certainly uh yeah check out uh any of those three and uh moving on to the to the next questions from christy and uh he's got two random questions for us um who do you think is going to be the next breakout uk guy and who on the scene are you surprised hasn't taken off more so we'll go with the first question here um the next breakout guy from uh, the uk or the euro scene ollie
1: again not uk but um from wxw from bremen actually uh the king of smoke style, Bobby guns, uh, this time last year, you know, he he was making some noise in WXW, but I don't no one really had penciled him into sort of breakout in the way that he has. Um, and now is the time to get on the ground floor with him because he had an excellent series of matches against ring camp last autumn, which really sort of solidified him as a, as a legit wrestler, and not just like a, a, a smarmy heel. Um, He had a run with the Shotgun title, had a lot of really good matches, um, you know, away from the heel shtick and just, you know, solidly working on the matches. He he cites Billy Robinson as a big inspiration and it certainly comes through in his work. And particularly his match against Mike Bailey uh, over 16 carat weekend was was definitely a standout match. I've got it in my top 20 on the year so far, actually. So and he just won their shortcut to the top, their version of the Royal Rumble. He's probably going to get a, a a main unified title shot very soon. And he's just got all the attitude, all the charisma in the world. His rocker paws, his, his, his smoke break promos are just full of attitude. And yeah, it's just a, a hell of a character, a hell of a man. And someone who i believe is going to get a lot more attention in 2019 because he certainly earned it
2: yeah i think i'd, I'd back that up i'd also kind of go maybe more locally for me uh, matthew mm-hmm. brooks is someone who i expect to see around the country he does like an opera gimmick but he's really charismatic and great in <laughs> ring as well i think that could really take off in places uh one for kind of ties. Both questions together. because I said, the second question is who hasn't surprised who you're surprised hasn't taken off more. He's also someone who I kind of I've seen as the next breakout guy, Omari. I've kind of thought that about mm. him for the last year, and seeing him at Defiance last week, and he's in so much better shape um, than he was uh, this time last year. Uh, his ring gear is better. He got rid of the the terrible trunks he used to wear <laughs> the about all He has the George stuff, and he's he's still putting it together. Still a great baby face. Still looks like you know he's gonna make it and he's gonna be a big star maybe it hasn't maybe it was unrealistic to expect him to be much further on this at this point this year but Mm. he's someone who yet maybe was a little bit surprised isn't you know more prominent in progress and and rev pro but i still think could possibly be the next big breakout star
1: yeah Yeah. i mean he was uh he was the guy who won the infinity tournament in Fight club pro last year and it, that's That would have supposedly triggered a big push for him, but they haven't done anything with him and sort of been pretending that they've been giving him push while just putting him in opening matches the whole time. Um, very strange with Omari. I feel like a lot of his destiny is still yet to be written. He's still very young. I think he's only like 20 or 21 right now. So, you know, he's got a long way to go and he'll have a lot of chances to be a big breakout star. So I think he is definitely one to pencil in, if not pen in right now.
0: Yeah, it's certainly weird with Omari, isn't it? It seemed they were having this big build-up for him uh, last year, and then he, he hasn't done a great deal this year. So, yeah, he's certainly someone. It's great to see that he's uh, branching out to other promotions outside of Fight Club Pro. You know, he's seemingly uh, being used a lot more by promotions such as Defiant, so, uh, yeah, hopefully he'll start getting booked to um, a lot more places. And uh, someone for me, uh, the next breakout UK person, uh, would probably be uh, Justin Sizer. I mean, obviously, he's uh, had the most high-profile gig of his uh, career so far, apparently on world of sport but he's mainly been sort of like appearing on sort of like uh your camp shows that are obviously not filmed and then you've got uh, things like 3cw and stuff and he mainly seems to be based in promotions like that so he's certainly getting plenty of work but i'm surprised he's not uh, been appearing for sort of like more high profile promotions he's certainly got an incredible look reminds me a lot of mike awesome you know he can uh, fly around the ring and do some spectacular stuff for a guy uh, as, as jacked and tall as him so um it'd be interesting to see uh if world of sport goes under if uh size and someone coming out of that are we seeing more high profile places and uh yeah moving on to the next question ollie who on the scene he surprised hasn't taken off more and no, he can't say omari oh, again <laughs> <laughs>
1: um you kind of stole my thunder um i guess chris ridgeway a little bit he has sort of broken out but not maybe to the extent that we had expected <laughs> i was sort of thinking uh like a Pete Dunne kind of rise. (laughs) It was so sudden and so obvious. Um, He's, he's, he's certainly risen in stature and I'm glad that everyone is giving him a chance now, but he still seems to be maybe a year or two away from being like a proper main eventer. If ever, Um, he's certainly a very interesting prospect right now, though. He's just, just reaching his prime. Now he's such a hard hitting wrestler. So physical, his, kicks against Keno were were harder than Keno's and we all know how strong Keno can kick, so like he, he's certainly, you know, a, a striker, a fighter. I don't yeah, I don't know how over that will get in the modern like indie world where, you know, the young bucks are the hottest prospect and they're like, you know, don't do legit stuff. So I, I don't know how much like shooter inokiism is gonna get over with the masses. Um mm-hmm. But he's certainly a very interesting guy to keep tabs on. He's just bubbling up now. So I think it could go either way. He could stay at this level or regress, or he could shoot up and become the next big UK star.
2: I think there's a market for that style. I think he's got that. Uh, he work he work well in Tetsujin, and he's got that uh, hard as fuck show. has not he coming out with IPW UK that that Tuesday night graps thing they're doing the Joey Janela thing and letting a wrestler he like Chris yeah. Brooks do the pool party and now Ridgeway's doing like a shoot style show. He, I think he's wrestling Tim Thatcher on that. Um, but again, yeah, there's a limited. I always think there's a bit of a limited audience for that kind of style. And he's someone who I like but I never love. Um, and yeah, you, you see potential written all over him, but what realistically where do i see him going um i'm not so sure i think there's there's definitely a slot on cards for him but yeah he's someone who yeah like ollie said it could go either way with him
0: uh, for me, yeah, there's someone, um, who we've seen on ITV as well. It seems to be both my picks have come from World of Sport. Um, uh, but Kip Sabian I know he's not been around for that long, but he's, he's certainly got, he's great on the mic. He's certainly got the attitude. Um, you know, and he's, he's a perfect heel, you know, someone that you really love to hate and, um, certainly decent in the ring. And I'm surprised because he's been around for a couple of years now that we've, uh, not seen him in more high profile places. Perhaps, uh, we'll do now he's getting more traction, um, you know, with this tag team he's got with, uh, Reese. So, uh, yeah, he's someone that immediately sprung to mind when I read that question. But Ridgway is certainly someone who seems to always be on the cusp of doing big things and then he might disappear for a while and then and then come back. So hopefully this will be uh, where we start seeing him in, in more and more stuff. So, yeah, they're, they're the only two that sprung to mind for me. Is there anybody else uh, that you thought of Benno?
2: No, not really. It's kind of, yeah, it's people who really I think Omari's is the, the best shout for that. Um, I think Chris Brooks maybe kind of thought... I don't know, maybe as a singles, he'd be, he'd be higher up than he is, but... You know, I think we've kind of found out over the last couple of years his best way it comes as a tag wrestler. Mm. I don't see him headlining anywhere soon, but then again, you know, Rev Pro have got the the eggs in his basket, so you know maybe that could happen for him over the next year or so. I think I think maybe people expected him to develop a little bit quicker than he has, uh, but he's still certainly over and he's still certainly selling loads of t-shirts at the merch stand, so it's not exactly a, a disaster for him if he if he stays at this point for the, the next couple of years. Mm.
1: Now, I think the. The benefit of having everyone so young in Brit is but even if they haven't, you know, broken out straight away, they've still got a long time before they've missed the boat completely. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, Omari's only, like, as I say, 21 or something, so, I mean, he's got loads of time to, you know, to find his feet as a big star. Like, it's, it's not all over for him just because he missed, like, the, the infinity opportunity like there's <laughs> opportunities abound in brit and as people leave there'll be there'll be more main event slots opening up so i think it's just a natural an cycle and i don't think anyone who hasn't risen up just yet won't ever like you never know
0: and uh yeah thanks for your questions there and uh be sure to head over to postwrestling.com check out all the rest of the shows. Uh, John Way, Brayden and Davey all headed over to Chicago for All In. So there's plenty of uh, All In talk and uh, and their experiences from doing the live show at StarCast over the weekend. So be sure to check those out. And of course, the Post Wrestling Forum, you can leave us your feedback uh, for this week's show and any questions you might have, So like Christian did this week. And thanks for listening. We'll be back on the 19th of September and uh, talking about all the latest from uh, British, Irish and German wrestling scenes.